back home again in Indiana and it seems that I can see the gleaming candlelight still shining bright through the sycamores for me the new mown hay sends all its fragrance through the fields I used to roam and when I dream about the moonlight on the Wabash then I long for my Indiana home who's your daddy Hello and welcome to The Jungle. My name is Adam and I'm joined by my co-host, Jenna. And this is Who's Your Daddy, a podcast where we talk about all things Indiana, the Midwest in general, and everything in between. Jenna. <laughs> Adam. How are you? Mmm, sleepy. How are you? Yeah, I'm a little tired too. A little bit of a late recording tonight. Yeah. Yep. But at least it's, at least we're in the, the spooky, spooky season. <laughs> You want to try that again? Spooky season. I didn't want to say it because I, I don't uh, like saying it. It's kind of cringy to say, but. It is. It's October. And I'll just say it's October. Hey, you know what happens in October, right? Yeah. It's the month in which Halloween yep. takes place. And <laughs> that's like when you have yeah. to reach your word count. <laughs> that was like what you said. <laughs> the month in which, in which Halloween <laughs> takes place. October. <laughs> you could have just said October. Uh, yep. That's true. But uh, you said 250 words, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly like that. How, how's everything going? Mm, it's going, I mean, it's, you know, it's going pretty yeah, well. Yeah. I, I think we've settled into a little bit here, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with your schooling mm-hmm. starting up and with my schooling ramping up, mm-hmm. uh, just with in terms of, you know, being in the classroom, the classroom yeah. and everything like that. Um, yeah, yeah, we're kind of getting the hang of it. Yeah. We're just two adults living together, love each other. Doing things. Doing the stuff. <laughs> yeah. And it's a journey. Um, so do, do you just want to move right on to the trivia question? Yeah. Okay. Um, so what was last week's trivia question? I forget. So the question that I had for you oh, was. Oh, I got it right. It was James Joyce. Or, yeah. James Joyce? No. <laughs> Jim, Jim I, Jordan. Jim. The question that I had was. <laughs> what Jimmy Johns. A famous cult leader from Indiana and it, it, you answered correctly the first time. You said Jim Jones. <laughs> Jim Jones. Not this time, but yeah, it was Jim Jones. He's from Crete, Indiana. Um, if oh you God. don't know who Jim Jones is, I would encourage you to look that up, read about it. I think um, most of our listeners most probably know. do. But yeah, yeah, look it Just up. Just in the don't. off chance that you don't. But yeah, so what do you have for us today? Yeah, probably don't need to get into any of the history. There. I'm not going to do that. I could be here all night. Yeah, so. we don't need to. Um, so to start off, we're going to, you know, it's Friday. We're going to talk about COVID. So first of all, we'll just go over over the most recent numbers. So today the ISDH reported um, 1,171 deaths. Uh, I'm sorry, cases. Jeez. I, I was like, what? I what? messed that up a couple of times. 1,171 new cases were reported today. God. Um, yep. We're back over 1,000 um, and 13 new deaths. This is the third straight day. <laughs> Of double-digit deaths, there's been um, 53 deaths in the last three days reported to ISDH, um, and we are fully open as a state. I was just going to say, hey, but at least you can go to a bar now. Yeah, I mean, you already could, but now you can in the way that you would have if we weren't in a pandemic. Yeah, which means you can have to elbow people just to get up to the bar and get a drink, which I don't miss. Not entirely, because restaurants, I don't don't exactly know the specific mandates or guidelines for bars, but at least for restaurants, you still do have to, like, distance tables and wear masks, and you still have to wear masks in bars, but, like, I mean, yeah, the the idea of reopening right now. Like, like we talked about last week, I did say, and I still kind of stand by this, that, that it won't have 
I don't think it'll have the effect that some people think it will. Um, what just do you mean be- by that? Like, it won't have the huge negative effect that some people think it will. Mm-hmm. Just because we've kind of already been open anyway. Yeah. Um, that That's kind of my thinking there. And maybe I'm wrong and maybe I'm just, you know, well, wishfully thinking. We'll but we'll see. Um, and, 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 you know, like I said last week, too, it's all bad because it's all stupid. <laughs> the way we've dealt with this mm-hmm. has all been very, very, very dumb. Um, real quick, I just want to say the total cases and death numbers. Um, total cases we have in Indiana is uh, 121,176. Whoa. Yeah, a lot. Um, we've had 3,418 deaths. And if you add in the prop probables, it's, uh, just a little bit under 36 and a half hundred. So Oy. very, very, very fucking bad. Yeah. Very, very sad. So please everybody, you know, everybody listening to this, listening to this, I'm confident that everybody. Yeah. I'm preaching to the choir here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure the choir of listeners here is Aww. singing a very, um, you know, wear uh, a mask safe <laughs> tune um and and they're taking care of themselves and, and uh, making sure that they are keeping themselves and everybody else safe so you know don't yeah. need to beat a dead horse there i do want to talk about however the um press conference yesterday governor mm-hmm. holcomb's press conference yesterday um so we have a couple clips from mm-hmm. the press conference that we'll, that we'll play um the first one um you know governor holcomb he makes an announcement about the future of, of these press conferences and, um, you know, I'll provide some clarification after we listened to this clip. Mm, okay. Uh, I did want to share that going forward, we, you know, we started this months ago. Um, and when we were at a stay-at-home posture, we were doing these daily, quite frankly. And then we, as we progressed, we went to three times a week, two times a week, and then weekly where we find ourselves um, today. But as more testing and more tracing and, and our ability... Uh, improve to control the spread, um, we were able to, again, get it down to once a week. We'll still be doing these weekly updates. They'll just be in a different venue. So, you know, there we heard a lot of vocal fry. I was I was <laughs> like, this man is bordering. He, you know, he's not at Alex Jones level, but it no, started no, to no. sound like that a little bit. And I'm just thinking, uh, <clears throat> clear your fucking throat, bro. <laughs> Uh, so Hoosiers, where yeah, uh, I'm doing these weekly. Oh my God, stop! I hate that. I hate it. I hate it. I, hate it. Um, I know I kind of do it sometimes, but I don't. Every, need everybody, to. Do, everybody does, and it's, not to that extent. No, no, that was just uh, yeah, that was a lot of vocal fry there. But so what? Basically, what he was saying is that they're not going to be doing these um, weekly updates in the format that they have been. Um, they in the future will still sort of happen, but Holcomb will not be present. We're going to put the results on a NASCAR and drive it around and then <laughs> eventually the car blows up and gives you the stats. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but but that's not exactly what he meant, uh, but that was funny. <laughs> um, so, yeah, in the future, they're, they're still going to happen, but Holcomb won't be there. What are your thoughts on that? The, go- the governor of the state, <laughs> the literal leader of the whole state. He's like, oh, my God, I don't have time for this. Does anybody have time for this? I'm so busy. I just can't. Can you believe that, Jenna? That's fucking bullshit. That's 50, literally his job. 53 people in the last three days have died from COVID-19. And he's he could not give a fuck. And he's just not going to be there anymore. Nope. He's like, well, we're fully reopened. Who gives a shit? Yeah. It's fucking crazy. It's absolutely insane. If I mean, if he ever gave a shit, he definitely doesn't now, but... I mean, I know I've talked about this, uh, maybe I haven't on the podcast, but I think I have, that Andy Bashir 
uh, the, the governor of Kentucky, he does yeah. them every day. Yeah. Still today, every day. Yeah. And and you know he's not perfect, but but come on, Holcomb, Jesus I know. fucking Christ, man. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they have um, large protests in their state, but at least their governor acts like he gives a shit. I mean, we have protests here too. I don't I don't exactly know what you mean there. I just meant like with the Breonna Taylor stuff. Oh, oh okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, and that's not all him. I mean, no, no, no. But I, I, it all does kind of. I'm, you know, I'm go up to reiterating him, things that I've heard from people in Indiana to be like, ooh, Kentucky, what are they doing down there? Yeah, I don't. I'm like, I don't know. I'm trying to be better. I don't really like. I don't. Think, right. My question there would be like, yeah, what are they? Why don't you tell me? Like, what are you <laughs> talking about? Do you even know, sir? Yeah, you're like, I don't know, and you don't either. So <laughs> let's shut up and maybe go learn about it. Um, but but just the fact that that he doesn't feel the need to be here <sighs> at these pre- press conferences anymore, it, it's a, it's astounding to Imagine me. Imagine if like your family member died of COVID, and then you just see that the governor's like, yeah. Yeah, we're going to be fully open and, you know, we used to do these five days a week, four days a week, three days a week, two days a week, and now one day a week on Wednesdays and I'd be pissed. I'd be, yeah. I'd be livid. I'd be like shaking. I'd be so upset. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm upset. What else do you have to do other than at least pretend <laughs> to care? He does have other things to do. I'll, I, I I'll mean, give I know that, that but, but like, but like this, this is a big issue. Yeah, it's kind of the biggest issue that yeah. we've faced in our lifetime. Yeah. I mean, um. I'm upset now and I, and and I haven't lost a loved one or anything like yeah. that. I can I can't Same. imagine. I really can't. I, I can't imagine. Yeah. I don't, you know, claim to understand, but like it it's just infuriating. It's disgusting. It's it's um it's a disgrace. It's a complete lack of leadership. I don't, I don't really see how you could It's a complete um, lack of leadership. And I I don't see how you could even say that like, "Oh yeah, he's he cares about Hoosiers." Yeah. I don't no, know. I don't I don't know how you can say that. It it's it, and and uh you know within this press conference i don't want to get too much into this uh but he was asked you know about donald trump failing to condemn white supremacy in wednesday's oh debate oh my god and um you know he says oh i i, I condemn white supremacy okay but you support donald trump so <laughs> right you know i mean i mean it's a trope and it's a and it's a phrase that people use but it's your actions speak louder than words eric yeah you you can't support a man who doesn't and say that you do and expect right. me to believe you. Because if you really found it that abhorrent, yeah, it would bother you that this other person doesn't. Yeah, not let alone just what you've seen in your own state. Yeah. With state representatives posting racist shit on Facebook and, and saying racist shit. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but, it, you know, it, this isn't true. Uh, this is, you know, a lot of people, I'll say this, and I don't. I'm not saying our listeners will, but... It, a lot of people in the general public would hear this and and um, you know commit a comp- compilation fallacy. When I say that the GOP is racist, mm-hmm. that there is no way to separate the GOP from racism, mm-hmm. and I would go as far as I think saying I'm not 100% on this, but I th- I think I am, uh, at least right now. Um, I could be convinced otherwise that the GOP is inseparable from white supremacy. Yeah. And a lot of people will hear that again, not our listeners, but they'll hear that and go, oh, so every single person in the GOP is a white supremacist. No, that's a compilation fallacy. When I say that an organization represents something, it's mm-hmm. not me saying that the um, every single individual within that organization organization represents something mm-hmm. that, you know, those are different things. Um, yeah. That's a, you know, a um, a facet of logic. That's a, um, you know, a principle of, mm-hmm. of logic you know, the study of logics or whatever, comp- compilation fallacies. But anyway, yeah. Um, 
so Eric Holcomb, I, I don't think you can support the GOP and be a part of it and, and, and say these things and expect me to believe you. I, I don't. Yeah. I think you're a piece of shit and I think you're a liar. Um, and, and you can prove me wrong. You can prove me wrong by changing the way that you act. Yeah. And this is me talking to Holcomb here because he listens. All right. <laughs> so that was that bullshit clip. Let's listen to um, the second clip here. Um, and this is a little bit of, uh, of a portion from um, Dr. Box. Mm-hmm. her um her address at, at the beginning of the press conference so okay. let us take a listen our testing capacity is greater than it's ever been thanks to OptumServe, partnerships with our local health departments pharmacies and other health care providers and private companies however there's an important caveat all the testing availability in the world doesn't do any good if people aren't willing to get tested. We've seen some of our sites experience significant drop-offs in testing, and the number of people who have registered to participate in the Fairbanks study testing is low as well, uh, lower than our first two rounds. I want to urge Hoosiers to get tested and to participate in the study. As a reminder, this is the first time the study has looked at children age five and above. So we really want to ensure that we capture data that will help us to better understand how COVID is impacting our younger Hoosiers. I understand that people uh, who aren't symptomatic or who might just have a case of the sniffles that attribute that to allergies might not feel that they wanna take the risk to get tested because if the tests are positive, then they would have to isolate. But if we don't know who's positive and take steps to isolate those individuals, we risk allowing COVID-19 to spread unchecked across our state. And that means our lives will be disrupted for a longer period of time. So um, you can kind of, I, I don't want to say ignore the stuff about the Fairbank study and, and you know, um, you know, children that they're trying to include and in, in, or older people older than children and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you hear that and you want to, you know, look more into that, go for it. But that's not really what I want to talk about. Um, at the beginning though, you know, gotta give thanks to the private companies, right? Gotta <laughs> right. Say, that was the first thing I thought of. I was like, this fucking capital. Gotta say, gotta say, thank you. Optum serve and grant first and dig who donated a bunch of fucking money to Eric Holcomb. Thank you so much. Grant first and dig founded Optum <laughs> fucking soulless um, company. And thanks. Sold it to United healthcare and donated a bunch of money to Eric Holcomb. And then they chose his contract, um, for testing. If I think we've talked about that on the past. Um, but you know, that's just bullshit that exists all throughout Indiana and every other state. But, yeah. um, so yeah, they got to start out with that. Got to start <laughs> out with that. And right. then uh, Dr. Box, I think, I think you got some flaws in your logic here. Uh, people don't want to get tested because they'll be out of work if they test positive. Yeah. They won't be able to go to work and make money. And the federal government and the state of Indiana is doing nothing to support those kinds of yeah. people. As that, of right now, they're doing fuck all. Basically, every single person that might have coronavirus or does have coronavirus, they're going to work. Unless they're like falling over, they're they're probably going well, to work. Well, or they have money and that they're fine. Yeah, but it's it's yeah. Yeah, but they're less likely to get infected anyway. Well, people that have and, money don't. And really a lot of those people to... are already working from home. Are already in situations in yeah. which they can work from home. If, if or they the can take of, unpaid days. Uh, yeah, they, they have they, money. They, they yes, they have more options available to them. In the beginning, in the forehand, and after the fact, if they do test positive. Yeah. But, you know, people who are waiters or waitresses, service workers, mm-hmm. people who are teachers, blah, 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 the list goes on. They can't. Yeah. So they. And then you're opening up restaurants. Yeah. Their fear of getting tested is not because, oh, you know, 
uh, I forget what she said there. It's because because <laughs> you'd have to isolate. Yeah, that's yeah, that, yeah, that, that implies you'd have to isolate, that you can't but, work. Yeah, but what happens when you have to isolate? You don't get fucking paid, and the yeah. state of Indiana and the federal government is doing nothing to remedy that situation. Yeah, there's no help. So do more work as the state of Indiana. Do more work as the federal government, and people will get tested more. I mean, we're not the first to come to this conclusion. I think you know people have been right. shouting that. But you can't just say that and have it be an empty yeah, solution. Yeah, like, it, it's ridiculous. And and I'll be honest, I didn't go through and. and listen to that full press conference because I got pretty dis- disheartened by by that kind of stuff so I, I just kind of turned it off after after a little bit so I didn't get to the reporter's questions and, and maybe a reporter asked asked for that but I, I think that's just a shitbag way to think about this stuff mm-hmm. like if, if I was in that position you know and I'll never be you know the state health commissioner but mm-hmm. if I was and I'll never be the governor either but if I I can imagine being the governor a little bit more than I can be being a doctor because I'm not a doctor and I, I never will be but if I was I, I would take a moment to say and also you know if you do get tested rem- remember that we have systems in place to help you with your your, your rent and if your they food. Did. Well, well, I would. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Governor Holcomb couldn't really say that. He could, but then, you know, he could say it because there are systems, but he'd be disingenuous because mm-hmm. he wouldn't, you know, go through and, and identify all the hoops that everybody has to fucking jump through to, to, to qualify for these bullshits right. things and how difficult it is to actually get that money in your hands. Yeah. I would, you know, try to work and make it a lot more easy to get. And, and again, uh, we've talked about this in the past too. It does come down to... Um, the federal government too like Mm -hmm. states aren't um you know free to do everything that they want and they don't um have money the same way that the federal government does because states don't print money Mm -hmm. um so there are questions and and differences there but at the end of the day it's just like disingenuous to talk about it like that yeah there there are further reasons like (laughs) you gotta go you gotta follow that thought right or to pretend like oh I just don't know why people aren't getting tested. Like, you know why? <laughs> well, I, I mean, she didn't exactly say that because no, she knows but... why, too. But she just didn't take it. She didn't follow that point to its lo- logical end. Mm-hmm. And I think um, you have to in, in that c- circumstance. Yeah. All right. So staying on COVID a little bit here, I want to talk about an article from the South Bend Tribune. And, and I won't read the whole thing, but I'll read a little bit, um, a few parts of it. Uh, and it's about St. Uh, Joseph County uh, and their COVID numbers. So mm-hmm. I'll read from that article here. So new coronavirus cases began to increase again in St. Joseph County over the past week as Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb um, announced on Wednesday that he's moving the state to its final stage of reopening restaurants and bars mm-hmm. on Saturday. So that was, you know, last week. Yep. Um, quote, I am not sure what he's seen that gives him the confidence to do that, said Dr. Mark Fox, the county's deputy health officer. The state's uh, testing positivity rate over the past seven days was 3.1%, which is below the U.S. Center for Disease Control, the CDC's 5% suggested threshold for states to reopen their economy. So it's lower. Mm -hmm. Um, But since the state's new cases haven't declined dramatically, Fox said that he is concerned the testing positivity rate is declining because Indiana and Purdue University are testing so many students. Mm -hmm. I think that is a very reasonable suggestion. Yes. So let me continue here. Um, Quote, I'm worried that Holcomb is uh, falsely reassured by that because I don't think it reflects true improvement, Fox Mm -hmm. said. I certainly don't see indicators that give me a lot of confidence to say, yeah, let's get restaurants and bars operating at full capacity because I'm more interested in seeing the schools get open safely rather than bars and restaurants. Mm -hmm. I have prioritized things differently. And I think that's a really great point. Yeah, I think that's a really great point. And I appreciate this, uh, you know, Dr. Mark Fox talking about this openly. 
um, because I haven't heard a lot of that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, around the state. Um, the county's COVID-19 st statistics are again heading in the wrong direction. After showing improvement a week ago, the rolling seven-day, um, or I'm sorry, after showing improvement a week ago, now they're heading in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. uh, the rolling seven-day average of new cases was 50.7. Uh, the fifth straight day, it has increased. Um, and the five, 650 active cases, which means positive tests within the past 14 days, was the highest since September 4th. So... It's going in the wrong direction. I think, you can, you know, they said yeah. that. And that's a great summary. Um, there were 31 people hospital, hospitalized with the virus on Tuesday in, in St. Joseph County. Wow. Last week, Dr. Mark Fox said he was encouraged by improving numbers, but he remained cautious uh, because it was too soon to see an increase from people celebrating Labor Day on September 7th mm -hmm. or Notre Dame's home football opener, which was on September 12th. Back in June, the, uh, the county's figures were similarly trending down, but they quickly spiked again after the July 4th weekend. Um driven by parties and large group gatherings. Mm -hmm. And just based on my own observation, they, they also, um, I think some of that continued to be pushed up and elevated due to schools opening as well. Um, but on Wednesday, he said people testing positive over the past week have not reported activity rela uh, related to the game or the holiday. Mm -hmm. Quote, I don't know if people are just keeping more secrets or what, Fox said, adding uh, that the increase does also doesn't seem to be coming from K through 12 students returning to in-person classes. Quote, we really have not pinpointed anything specific. Um, and I wanted to include that last, you mm -hmm. know, third of their, uh, of that article in there. And, and, you know, there's more in that article that that wasn't the whole thing, um, to talk about the fact that I, I don't think that's the case in a lot of places that they can identify specific things. Some, some places for sure. Mm -hmm. And I think there are a lot of places where they're like, I, I we don't know. We don't yeah. exactly know. And, it, and I think it's just coming from everyday life. People not wearing masks. Mm -hmm. people going and doing things and i mean this is a pandemic yeah. people it all spreads so what, yeah. what what are your thoughts any any thoughts there jenna um i mean i i just don't feel like it's helpful to get too overly confident in in saying that there's you know we know where it's coming from or we know uh what's causing the spikes or i i just feel like it's because COVID is so dangerous and detrimental to so many people, it just feels better to be more skeptical and be like, well, you know, we might not be, we might never be sure. So it's better to just be always on the safe side. Yeah. Right. Don't you wish that people would just be like, yeah, we can identify like a ton of stuff, but we should all still just do like every single thing possible to prevent this. Right. And to admit that like, there's always going to be maybe some variables that we just don't know or that we can't predict. Yeah, sorry, I had to burp there. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, this virus, you know, has shown me more than anything else in my entire life how, you know, and again, I'm not talking about the listeners. I'm not talking about you or me, Jenna, but just like people that I encounter in my daily life. Mm -hmm. Just a bunch of fucking babies, bunch of fucking whiners. Um, yeah, bunch of fucking whiners. You I was talking are to somebody the other day. Selfish asshole. You're like, you can't endure anything, can you? No, no. nothing. No, nope. nothing mm -mm. like anything that's ever gone wrong in your life. You just, you know, never had to endure it. What's going on? I heard I was talking to somebody the other day and they, I mean, almost screamed about how they just want to sit in a restaurant and eat again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But are you fucking serious? Yeah. Have some fucking perspective. Put <laughs> things in perspective. Thirty three hundred people had died at that point when I was yeah. talking to this person. Yeah. Uh, just in the state of Indiana alone, two hundred thousand Americans. And and they're going to sit there and say, I just want to eat in a restaurant. 
fucking fuck you. <laughs> I Put wanna, things in perspective. I want to ask you said that, but I don't. Put things in perspective. But Jesus, like. I had somebody say that to me a couple months ago and I was like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. It's like, just, you don't know what you're talking about. And, and again, I know it's not everybody, but there are a lot of people out there who I'm like, you, you wouldn't survive another day in a lot of places in this world. Yeah. Yeah. You would be just screwed. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that I would either, but it just the idea that like, it's just the entitlement, I guess. Yeah. It's remarkable. It's the it's remarkable. Well, and it also in the, the value system, what they value. Yeah. I mean, I love going out and eating in restaurants. I love that. Everybody does. But once in a while, it, well, I, I, if I could, I do it all the time. But like, the idea of giving it up to preserve human life is is it's not even a question. Mm-hmm. It's it's an incredibly easy sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly easy. It's like if somebody it's like having a peanut allergy. Mm-hmm. I miss peanuts, but the alternative is dying. <laughs> right. So I won't eat peanuts. Yeah. And it's very easy. Yeah. It, it's well, it's just, it's unfathomable. Unfathomable. You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I can't say that word. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Sorry, I kind of talked over you there. What, what were you going to say? No, it's okay. I just think that um, it, it really highlights that we've been very much conditioned to, uh, we don't know what to do if we're not spending money yeah well yeah 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 there's so there yeah the consumption culture we have is, no other personal yep. hobby other than to like go somewhere and spend money yeah buy clothes buy food well and also i think whatever uh, most people are kept so busy that like they don't they've never had time before to like actually cultivate something that they like doing sure. yeah yeah this goes into the jobs idea other that we talked about to a bar yeah yeah the idea that we spend so much of our lives working that the only time that we have ends up being consumption yeah. Um, and that's a way to. Because you're done working and you're yeah. tired and you're like, I just want to go get something to eat or I just want to go get a drink and forget about my fucking shit week. Yeah. 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 Look, our G- GDP is super high, but how happy are we? Yeah. We're all depressed. We all fucking hate everything. On every our free time, parts we're, of our we're too tired to cook. We're too tired to do anything yeah, for all ourselves. The, all, all these joys in life that we're missing out on that, yeah. that don't necessarily profit anyone but they do benefit people mm-hmm. yeah yeah we we in america have have oriented our whole system and in, in way of life and it's not you know the fault of the people like us or, or you listening um to increasing profits yeah um and value of things but but never increasing like just human benefit mm-hmm. like what we as humans bring away from something that's never really been the focus of what we try to maximize mm-hmm. um and it's a major problem. Yeah. It's a major problem. And, and the solution isn't, you know, it's not simple, but um, it is out there. <laughs> and, and one of them is education to try to put people in perspective to remind them that, hey, yeah. eating at a restaurant is not as great and it's not worth, um, you know, putting other people at risk of getting mm-hmm. sick or dying. Yeah. Any other thoughts, Jenna? Mm, I'm good. If you are, you want to. Yeah, yeah, we can keep, move on. Keep cruising along. <laughs> sure. So let's talk a little bit about Indianapolis police reform. Ooh, so there's okay. some stuff going on here. Hot topic. Um, and I believe I didn't write this down. So uh, apologies if I'm wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure oh this is. Oh my God. I know. From a, um, an article from, you know, the Associated Press from AP. So, and this isn't the whole article again. This is, I just took some, some pieces here to talk about, um, you know, boil it down. So I will read 
from that now. Okay. Um, there's a boring sounding. No, this is from the Indie Star. This is from the Indie Star. Oh, it's okay. by James Briggs. I remember that now. So there's a boring, uh, boring sounding proposal scheduled for debate at the Public Safety and Criminal Justice Committee meeting at 5:30 p.m. today at the City County Council, uh, City County uh, Building. The proposal amends Chapter 279, Article 2 of the Code regarding the organization of the Indianapolis Metropolitan Police Department, according to the summary. The council is preparing to give civilians unprecedented authority to guide how Indianapolis police conduct use of, uh, uses of force, investigations, searches, and arrests. To do that, the council is proposing to restructure IMPD's policymaking board, um, which is called the General Orders, uh, General Orders Committee. So right now, the board has three members. Two are appointed by the police chief, and one is appointed by the president of the police union. So you can see that it's, it's just police. Yes. Appointing police yes. things and doing police things. Um, under Proposal 237, the General, Order Committee, uh, General Orders Committee would become a seven-person board with two members appointed by the chief of police, one elected by a majority of the officers. So those two would still be appointed by the chief. Um but the one that was appointed by the president of the police unit would effectively now be appointed by the majority of officers. They'd get a vote, basically. Mm -hmm. And four of the seven would be civilians. Oh. Two would be appointed by the mayor mm -hmm. of Indianapolis. And two would be appointed by the city county council, uh, okay. the city county council president. Hmm. So, okay. There you go. It wouldn't be the whole council. It would just be the president. The idea that civilians should set policies for a police department is contentious on its face. The council's proposal to give civilians majority representation on the board is an especially sweeping change. The police unit and council, uh, the police unit and council Republicans have expressed opposition to the pro proposal. Which no shit. You know, no shit. <laughs> um, so let's take a break from this article there because now we're after this we're going to talk about companies influence on this in indianapolis because there's some major companies that are you know of course um, speaking out there about always this is. yes um and, and we'll get into that further but i, I want to talk about the idea of increasing the civilian mm -hmm. um you know input into this board generally what do you think about that um well i mean i'm all for increasing the kind of interconnectedness and the approachability of of a lot of this stuff and like because community members now can be part of that yeah and and that we should understand the inner workings of the people who work in our community to like help protect and serve um or, yeah or any yeah any any public right. kind of thing yeah um i would worry that there would be some sort of like unspoken hierarchy or like some bullying between like police appointed and more civilian in terms I mean, of decision making. There would definitely be disagreement. Um, this is just me kind of taking the counter position of what you're saying. Um, the majority would be civilian though. Mm -hmm. It's four to four to four to That's three. That's true. But I don't know. I just. I, I always worry in situations like that when there's somebody who's like, oh, I've been doing this for blah, 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 and you don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You, you worry <laughs> about the conviction of people. Yeah. Um, and we're not talking about specific people here. We're just, you just worry that that, that kind of thing might take over. That That's a good point. Yeah. I personally, um, you know, uh, two are appointed by the mayor and mm -hmm. two are appointed by the city county council president. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously we elect the mayor. It, not we, we don't live in Indy, but mm -hmm. if you live in Indianapolis, you, you elect the mayor and you do mm -hmm. elect the city county council, um, and that includes the president, but there's a lot of room for oh, you know, very much error so. there. That's what I thought. They appoint these people that, you know, you don't necessarily represent 
um, the, the full community. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't have a solution exactly. I, I, I would say that I think this is good. Mm-hmm. I think it is good on its face. I just yeah. think that there is potential for it to not be great. You know yeah. what I mean? Like for, for its application to kind of fail, I think yeah. there's potential for that. But the idea and the, and the concept, I totally support and I think it's it's very smart. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of all I wanted to say there. Anything else from you? Any other thoughts? Well, I just, I agree with you. I think that there might be ways that if you wanted to get the right people in there, you could probably sidestep a little bit and Yeah, yeah. Not, weasel and they your wouldn't way. necessarily represent the community yeah. at large. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, there's just like, I think there's room to be better and I don't exactly have an answer. Um, but I think mm-hmm. this is a good step. I think this yeah, is smart. Absolutely. Um, so now we're going to talk about, um, and this is from the same article. It's an indie star article by James Briggs. And I, I'm pretty sure it's James Briggs. I think that's, I think I got the name right. Um, <laughs> about how companies are, are supporting companies. this and, and kind of speaking out about it. Oh, um, okay. Which I thought was really interesting. So it has become, an, uh, it has become common in recent years for businesses to diverge from their typical focus on policies such as tax cuts and take left-leaning positions on social issues instead um and that includes gun re- gun regulations um or nike's affiliation with colin kaepernick uh for example mm-hmm. um to cite a local example the 2015 fight against indiana's religious freedom Re- restoration act um conservative conservative new york times columnist uh ross Duthot dubbed such advocacy as woke capitalism while josh barrow uh now a new york magazine columnist has argued that what's actually happening happening is companies are appealing to the moral values of their ideal employees and customers mm-hmm. cummins uh you know cummins, cummins yeah, incorporated absolutely. yes um, they make engines and other other things yeah yeah, yeah. diesel uh, yeah, their spokesman, John Mills, framed his company's position on Proposal 237, which would create this mm-hmm. you know, change, as part of a long tradition of Cummins speaking out on social justice oh, issues. Oh, thank you, Cummins. Yeah. Proposal 237, he said, enables, quote, the ability to really have more community involvement with police so that we can truly have a conversation, truly work toward improvement. The proposal has enough support to pass, even without businesses jumping on board. But some of Indianapolis's biggest corporate names could ensure that meaningful police reform will survive any challenge that lies ahead. Oh, I apologize. I was being an asshole. I thought he was going to say something shitty. Well, okay. That, yeah, that's fine. Um, that's a fine assumption, I think. <laughs> because I only say that because there are a lot of people where I grew up that had Cummins <laughs> trucks C, who were giant. They had Cummins trucks. Racist. They had fucking stickers. assholes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Every single person I knew that had a big sticker on their truck was a piece of shit. I won't go as far as saying that everyone who has a sticker is a big piece of shit, but no, I'm saying the people I that I knew. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Sure. In my community. Yeah. Yeah. What he's saying. Okay. Okay. I guess. Sure. Um, and I just want to say that last part about, um, the proposal having enough support to pass with, uh, without businesses jumping on board, um, and, and you know, big corporate names helping ensure that it does, does pass and survive any challenge. Mm-hmm. That's a comment more on, um, the fact that in Indianapolis, the state government has um, retro, not re- uh, reactively and in some cases preemptively passed legislation to block certain legislation that would have been passed by the city county council in Marion County in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. So that has happened in the past for a number of different things. One example is a um, the, the plastic bag ban. They, yeah. were, they were looking to, to ban plastic bags. The state mm-hmm. government basically said, no, you can't do that before mm-hmm. they were even able to like vote on yeah. it and stuff like that. Just bullshit politics that is, mm-hmm. is totally fucking ridiculous. Yeah. It's literally just like the state 
saying that a certain area can't do something that they want to do. Yeah. That all these people in this place do want to do that. Yeah. They say, yeah, this is a good thing. It'll help our city. It's it's yeah, environmental. It's, it's our smart. City. And the state, people who aren't from there yeah. are, are mandating how they do it. So it's bullshit in, in its own right. That's what that's commenting on. That, okay, that yeah. when you get these big companies who are centered in Indianapolis to buy into something like this, it prevents the state government because they're bought and paid for yes. by not necessarily these companies, but companies like this mm-hmm. um, from passing legislation preemptively or reactively to prevent this kind of thing from happening. Um, and that's somewhat why I wanted to bring this up is just because like, how fucked is our system that that's the case? <laughs> right. <laughs> that it takes some big fucking corporation to be like, We'll get this through in the area that it yeah. literally only applies to because the whole state government doesn't want you to fucking do it. It's really, really it's all highlights just so messy a lot and corrupt. Problem. Yeah, you know, like yeah. we should not have to we, rely on these yeah. fucking. Yeah, and there's other ways we like, could diagnose this too. There's a, I think there's a lot of ways you can approach a story, and we won't get to all of them here just be, for time. But um, I think it highlights just the the greater problem uh, of how messy and i would go as far as to say corrupt and and troubled our political system is yes that it, very it, much it so. is not a representation of the people who live and and you know no spend their lives in in the community in which you know they live it, it there's so many outside influences that that aren't representative of them mm-hmm. and, and, and in a lot of cases have nothing to do with them yeah that that um kind of decide whether or not certain things happen or don't like a, a, a place that's just purely profit driven, we're suddenly expecting to have like this moral high ground. Well, and, and well, here's the thing: what the, when would that? Like, here's the what? thing: a company could have completely perfect, similar, exactly the same morals and beliefs as that I do. I would still be like, your premise of, of you're still a fucking company. Well, you're being yeah, like you said, you're profit driven. Yeah. So y- your intentions are different. Also, you're not a person. Well, yeah, and you're not a person. That that it, it it just doesn't work like that. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. You're a part of this community as a company, but we are a part of this community as people. Yeah, and we're those are different entities, and people are better, mm-hmm. and, and and people are more important. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then there's there's some philosophy in there that you know we're not going to get into here, and there's a lot to think about. So think about it and let us know your thoughts there, but. I just wanted to highlight that because I thought it was very interesting. And like I said, I think it's a good idea what they're doing. I think there's some holes in it, some Mm -hmm. places where it could be exploited. Um, And then you have the company and corporation aspect. Um, I think Eli Lilly was another one that that Mm. was kind of getting behind this, which Mm -hmm. is, of course, another giant company here in Indiana and Indianapolis more specifically. Um, That kind of highlights, like I said, just just the the messiness, the interconnectedness of of corporations and and, uh, government that um, kind of highlights how, like you said, disconnected it all is from the mm-hmm. people, from yeah. from you and me, from people who live absolutely in these communities. So that's all I wanted to talk about there. But, that was but really, I, yeah, and I think like please, Thank you for sharing. Um, you know, listeners, let us know what you think about that. I, I'm really interested to see what people yeah. have, to, have to say about that, especially if you live in the indie area. But even if you don't, I, I'd like to hear your your thoughts send us a tweet yeah send us us, a tweet so now we will move on to our next topic but 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 what but 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 it's like the always sunny in philadelphia (laughs) the butt dance but 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 you know what i'm talking about i've seen that one oh come on 
disappointed. But before we get to that, I have to go to the bathroom. So we'll be right back. All right. So we are back. Sorry about that. Um, hashtag small bladder problems. Um, I, I have a small bladder. <laughs> Don't ever use hashtag in conversation <laughs> again, please. I do have a small bladder, though. So I know you do. Yeah. Let's get on to... You know they say about small bladders. <laughs> Got to pee a lot. Yep. <laughs> um, so let's get on to our uh, second to last topic here, our penultimate topic, which is a great word, often comes up in barbershop music. Um, Nerd. The, the penultimate chord is often sit down. talked about in, in barbershop <laughs> circles. Um, so <laughs> sit down. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. We should end the show forever. Um, so we're going to talk about Jim Banks' Um, in his inter- interview on Guys, it wouldn't be who's your daddy podcast we didn't talk about jim banks be. at yeah. least once <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to but i thought this was interesting and uh this little is little jimmy little jimmy <laughs> banks this is his um interview on um whoa whoa today um and they talked about i'm getting rid of my whoa whoa jacket yeah i never wear <laughs> it but i have one well you show me a picture or something and it sounds pretty cool but it is it's a satin jacket yeah but you know, whoa, whoa, itself, it's you know, whatever you can blame them, whatever. They, but this is his interview on the Pat Miller program. We've talked about that in the past. Pat mm-hmm. Miller sucks. Jim Banks sucks. Oh, um, and uh, they start off by talking about um, one of the task forces that Jim is on um, in the house. And, and it deals <laughs> with uh, the military. And specifically in this interview, they are talking about um, a report that this task force put out. Um, about modernizing the military and um, some they're talking about I don't know if it's actually in the report I didn't have time to go through um, too much of it I just kind of I don't saw it I don't I don't even really know you know how much of it is available I just saw that the report existed that's what I'm trying to say Um, (laughs) I wasn't sure I I didn't look at it I just know that it exists. Yeah. I don't even know if it's publicly available. But um, I like that they call it a task force. I think it's really ridiculous because it's like you're not the fucking Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is a common thing that comes up. No, in, I know. In but politics, but I still think it's stupid. It's a silly name. So they're talking about this and they are also talking about some resistance from the Pentagon that oh, um, no. they are getting to some of the things that they laid out. What about the other shapes? In this um, in this report. <laughs> what about the octagons? <laughs> those stop signs those or those octagons. I don't know. little octagons. Um, so this first clip that we're going to listen to, um, this is Pat's question, Pat Miller's question. And um, I think it tells us a little bit um, or quite a bit really about the premises um, and the frameworks that these kind of people have when they're approaching these kind of military things. Okay. So let's take a listen. What's the biggest hurdle to get over now? Is it acceptance by those in the Pentagon who are terrific men, great Americans, love their country, but they're good old boys, and, well, this is the way we've always done it? Or is it by those that would want to chop your legs off financially and start gutting the military again because it's just way too much money, and they don't hold a love for, well, all things American, let alone military, uh, the way some of you do? So that's some fascist bullshit. Oh, uh, why, why, why'd you make a face at me? Um, because of how ridiculous that is. Oh, I thought you were making a face at my ridiculous face, but I was just mimicking what he was saying. No, no, just that. That don't hold this. No, tell me, Jim. This patriot, um, you know, let alone the military, um, idea. It's just so Sorry. like that. That this idea of like idolizing and holding up, um, you know, uh. uh strong and that's in maybe asterisks um 
military that that can kill people at any moment at any given time like right it's just a very weird thing to idolize and and put up with um you know sense of self and sense of nation Mm -hmm. and things like that it's very fascist and like um it's disgusting to me yeah absolutely you know like um i don't want to get too john lennony here but like (laughs) ideally we could all not have militaries that would be kind of the best or situation not- where we would never have to fight. And mm-hmm. obviously, obviously, we're not anywhere near that. So to talk about it is somewhat silly. Mm-hmm. But to say that that's the goal, I don't think that's silly. Mm-hmm. And to say this kind of stuff where, you know, I, I don't know, I forget his exact phrasing, but to say that the way that he did it, it's just, um, it's gross to me. It's yeah. gross. It's yeah. gross to equate patriotism and, um, you know, care for your community. And because really when, when people talk about like love for country, I, I, I don't think that really exists in, in America. Hmm. Personally. Okay. I think we're too diverse and we're too separated and we're too segregated individually and within our communities and with the greater sense of the country as a whole Mm -hmm. that it, it just doesn't exist in the way that it can in other places. Mm, okay. Like for example, I went to, um, and, and we've, and we've gone through, we, we as a country have had different experiences. Mm-hmm. Our nation is one of conquest, manifest destiny, this idea that we belong here by the grace of God for the, mm-hmm. for large parts of our, our country's history. That has been the motivation for why we do things. This idea of moving West and, and removing native Americans and taking over this land mm-hmm. and buying this land and this kind of crap, um, let alone the beginning of the country. And, you know, um, not to mention our whole, you know, founding and, and basis on, on slavery, um, but for example, I when I went to um, the Baltic states mm-hmm. in, in college, I went to the Baltic states, um, and for let's just pick one, uh, Lithuania, or, or uh, let's say Latvia, um, and Estonia is the third one. If you're wondering, <laughs> but uh, I, we might have talked about it on here already. Maybe there's this like deep sense of of pride of where they come from, but their experience is is much different than ours. They were mm-hmm. you know taken over by Russia in the nineties and they not that, or, you know, prior to that, they just recently got their freedom in the nineties or whatever. Mm -hmm. And and their struggle, it's a struggle. (laughs) Ours never really was. Ours was always taking, 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 taking Mm -hmm. where theirs was getting it back. So now they have this pride. We are Latvian, you know, Mm -hmm. that we are now again, we're not controlled by another place. Right. Um, we can't have that because we never have been. And also those people. I mean, maybe you can say the British, but like we weren't a country then. So. Right. But I mean, those, those people were probably, they've been there a very long time. Whereas we. Uh, well, yeah, there's another thing. We've been here for 300 years, 400 yeah, years. So I mean, it's still a pretty young country. Very young. Also, yeah. we were not native technically here so yeah yeah so so when i hear these kind of things i just think that it's short-sighted i think that it lacks perspective i think that it um negates and erases a lot of history Mm -hmm. um and I, i i think it's silly i just think it's silly and i think it's a silly perspective even if you ignore all of that 
kind of you know rant that I just went on. Even mm-hmm. if you ignore all that, it's just not what we should be. You know, our goal, our goal shouldn't be about military strength or anything like that. It should be yeah. about you know decreasing conflict and the idea of peace and love and support for for you know our fellow humans. So right. I, I just think it gives insight into um, the nature of these people that they're they're. It may, they maybe they're interested in that, but they're completely willing to forego it to talk about the strength of the military and things like mm-hmm. that. So um, the second clip um, is is Jim's answer. So um, yeah, we'll talk about it a little bit on the back end. So here it is. This is Jim's answer. Yeah, it's it's an attitude change at the Pentagon. I mean, the Pentagon is a is one of the largest bureaucracies in the entire federal government, and that's saying a lot. And it's the bureaucratic process, the the acquisitions process, which makes a lot of money for a lot of companies, but it but it keeps the little guys out of the out of the out of the fold. And what what I'm talking about as part of this task force report, I got to travel to Silicon Valley and meet with with uh, 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 entrepreneurs or innovators who are coming up with new cloud systems and new autonomous uh, weapon systems, AI, um, uh, coming up with new ideas, smart ideas, but they can't crack through the Pentagon because the Pentagon has a mindset that's not thinking about the future. They're, they're very much focused on what's sort of worked in the past. It's not going to work anymore. If we, if we get into a war with China, China's got capabilities of fo- that are so much more sophisticated and cutting edge that we would compete with. It's not, we're not going to win those wars with tanks and, and uh, aircraft carriers. We're gonna, it's going to be a war that's going to look a lot different than, like, than anything that we've ever experienced in the past. And that's what Pat, our report, tried to get to the, the heart of and why I'm very proud of what we came up with in a bipartisan way of, of the types of things that we need to do differently in the future to, get, to not just compete with China, but to dominate and defeat them if we ever had to go to war with, with um, a great great power like China or Russia. So what are your thoughts there, Jenna? Um, oh God, I'm sorry. I just did the thing that I hate when people do. I did the oh, like, little smack of the oh, lips. Hate yeah, it. it's okay. Hate it. I'm sorry. Um, it's tough because you hear it more on the podcast, but in everyday life, you, you just kind of, you don't even right. really notice. But Right. Uh, well, first of all. So, so don't worry. <laughs> he was, um, yeah, I don't know. Your thoughts. In a way, it was. This is just like a side note, a little bit like name droppy, like, oh, I went to Silicon Valley. Yeah, I noticed that um, too. I noticed that too. But also I do have to wonder, like, if we're talking about these technologies, and I don't really know a ton about AI and all that, but um, maybe people don't want to jump on something if they're worried that it could be, I don't know, maybe yeah, detrimental. bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, worse than the benefit. Like, I get that you <laughs> created this, but I don't know if I want to use it in like a giant global context. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I actually didn't take those things away from it, but I think that, you know, that that's a really good insight. Um, I thought it was interesting that, you know, you know, he's talking about the Pentagon and their, their approach. And it's just like no mention of decreasing the size of the Pentagon. We're not going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, also that these, these companies that are trying to break into the Pentagon or whatever he said there, mm-hmm. um, these small companies, right. uh, yeah, they get bought up by the companies that donate to to you, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> they get bought up by Northrop, Gun- you know, Grunman and, right. and things like that. They're the ones that donate to you. Uh, or maybe they're L3 Harris great. or whatever yeah. it is yeah. here in Fort Wayne. All, all the ones here in Fort Wayne. Was uh, it Bay? Yeah, BAE. Yeah. Uh, systems. <laughs> Bay. Oh, which is British. It's not even American. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. And they donate a bunch of money to, to, to Jim. Hmm. Uh, he's bought and sold. He's bought and sold. Yeah. And, and he's going on here to, to um, you know, 
expand talking points about the military and how important it is and how we need to give them more money and shit like that. Uh, I don't, they don't need more money. I'm, I'm no, just they need a that. lot less money. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and not to mention, um, what the fuck are you talking about, Jim? Going to war with China or Russia? Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? That is straight fucking fear mongering. That is straight fear mongering. Let's not forget that he is on Woe Woe, the Fort Wayne, Northeastern Indiana station. Yeah. All he is doing is fear mongering his constituents yeah. to think that he knows something about a potential war and he with does not. Russia or China. And it, well, even if he does, we're not anywhere near a war with Russia or China. So shut the fuck up, Jim. Right. All he's doing is trying to incite fear yeah. um, in order to. Th- uh, put out the idea that he's got the upper hand on this and that he deserves to get reelected. This is, yeah, it's straight propaganda. It's straight bullshit. Um, and, and you can hear there, he's talking about, oh, bi- bipartisan support. Yeah, well, Democrats, you know, they're not really against a lot of this shit too. So mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the, the you know, constant fear-mongering war machine, yeah. uh, you know, government or military spending, you know, mm-hmm. some of them are, but a lot of them are fine with it. So yeah. it, it it's not a, a you know um, such a great conquest or feat that mm-hmm. it's a bipartisan. It kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, any any other thoughts there? Um, well, I think that also this idea of the like overly glorification of of the military and of occupation and things like that it just further pushes this agenda of like yeah military yeah, Ooh, yeah yeah more and potential war it's cool yeah yeah that fits right in there in the same and way. i think yeah. you can be respectful of those who have served in the military without overly glor- without overly glorifying it of course again that's the compilation fallacy in a in kind of a different different way mm-hmm. people who served i have no problem with yeah you know that those are just people I'm talking about the whole concept. I'm talking about yes. the people who put us into these wars and things like that. Yeah, I'm the, not talking about the people who are just in the military. That you right, know, I right. Have, um, the people who get fat off of it, not the people that are out there busting their ass. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no, um, really no, um, you know, I don't want to sit here and mitigate whether or not their intentions are good or bad. I, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I'm sure there are bad people in the military. Uh, most of them are great. There's good and bad people everywhere. Exactly. Know? Yeah. The, the, it's it's not worth it. That's that's uh, what I was trying to say. It's not yeah. worth it. And it's not what I'm interested in, in mitigating. Yeah. Um, I'm talking about these kind of people who decide how funds, where mm-hmm. funds are allocated, um, what we do with these, you know, systems, these people, mm-hmm. um, meaning the military, that kind of stuff. That's the shit that needs to get better. And I'm not talking about, mm-hmm. you know, some guy in the infantry. I don't, you know, he's fine. He or right. she is fine. Yeah, you know, I, I feel you. I don't care. Um, so let's go ahead onto our third clip here. And and now they're, they're, they've shifted topics and they're talking about the debate, um, uh, Wednesday's presidential debate. And I think this clip shows just how childish and um, simple-minded and frankly ridiculous um, some of these uh, right-wing talk show hosts mm-hmm. um you know uh, how how ridiculous they are and and that kind of stuff is and maybe the ideas that they talk about so here we go when the president looked at him when joe biden made some of his pronouncements and the president just off the cuff he said you just lost the left uh-huh. <laughs> and and biden tried to come back for him. He goes, no you just lost the left they're gone um i, th- I thought that part was brilliant absolutely brilliant um <laughs> There are two more debates. Now we've got all this stuff. Well, maybe the moderator will have a mechanism where they can shut off the microphone of one person or the other. I don't want the moderators telling my president, to be quite honest with you, I don't want them telling me 
what the positions of the Democratic opponent are. I want to hear everything as it is. I want to hear the raw footage and then be able to make up my own mind. Your thought? That's but that's <laughs> that can't happen if there's literally zero coherent thought. Um, one hundred percent. You're just trying I, to stir the pot, and, and you're like, I want to watch him argue. Uh, but yeah, that's not helpful to I, people who genuinely are like maybe conflicted and maybe want to learn more. No, yeah, and, and like Pat, shut the fuck up, dude. Your job is to to peddle nonsense about this shit. Most people don't have time to fucking sit here and 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 look at this the way that you do yeah so shut up i don't i don't care how you want to view the debate yeah your job is to view things like this it, it, you want to talk to like you know uh, um a ups driver his job isn't to sit here and, and think about that kind of stuff his job is to deliver packages and mm-hmm. um so when he watches the debate and sits down like you just said he deserves to hear some some coherent things yeah um and, and I don't know. And just like the, the voice cracks and laughing about, you just lost the left. <laughs> Shut up, dude. Shut up. I know. It's not funny. It, it, and like, I mean, I, I know why he's doing that. Um, you know, it's the same reason Trump won. People find it funny. And I guess I kind of get that. Um, but I just, yeah. Uh, again, I, I thought that showed how childish and simple-minded and ridiculous all, uh, oh, you absolutely. Know, some, of, some of their thoughts are. Like to, to enjoy that was it's, it's just childish. Right. Um, and, and again, I'm not saying that, you know, every day Joe um, or Sally listening to this who might find um, or listening to the debate or watching the debate who might have found that funny. I have no fault with them. They're mm-hmm. just people. They're people. You sure. Know, they don't have a platform. You're, you're a radio host who talks about politics. Right. You should have a better idea. You should have a, a more nuanced and thoughtful um, reaction. <laughs> right, right. And but that's not being demanded idea by to this. So that's why I'm fine ripping into that... you, Pat Miller. I'm not fine ripping into, you know, some dude who lives wherever right. and has right. a Trump sign and might have thought that was funny. That but kind but of person I want to so talk low. to. That kind of person I want to talk to and come to an understanding with. Pat, you, fuck you. That's kind of how I feel. Um, so let's, uh, you know, at the end of that, he, he asked, uh, Jim, old Jimmy, old Jimmy Banky, uh, <laughs> not Banksy cause Banksy's an artist and Jim is the opposite of an artist. He's terrible. Yep. Um, this is, um, his response and he starts off with some, um, how do I say this? Uh, dog whistly racism. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Yeah. To, which toward, is what he yeah, normally does. Yeah, toward Asian people this time oh, what? rather than, you know, black people, which is often the case with people like him. Um, it's subtle, but it is racist, and I think racial racists would get it. Um, and then yeah, that's he, the point. And, yeah, and then he goes on to talk about how dominating Trump is. He's very dominating. Ew, no, he's not. Yeah, and he says that's a very good thing. How, how he dominates people isn't that weird? Yeah, that is weird. Yeah, let's take a listen. Yeah, at the end of the day, Pat, we need a strong leader in the White House to deal with the likes of Kim Jong-un or, or, or Xi in China. And you watch these debates and you realize that President Trump is a very dominating figure. And I, I understand he's not everybody's cup of tea. <laughs> but when you're dealing with world leaders that are adversaries uh, like them, you want, you want a guy like Donald Trump who's going who's gonna to go into, go into a who's meeting gonna shake with, their uh, fucking hand. with uh, the, uh, the likes of, of the, the two I just mentioned or others and that uh, put America first and, and, and dominate them in the, in the same way that, that uh, maybe what some people don't, don't like in his mannerisms in the debate. It shows you that's, that's the kind of leader that you want at the helm. 
Yeah, yeah. My favorite kind of people who dominate other people are the kind of people who go and like shake people's hands, like shake dictators' hands in yeah. North Korea, and are like, "We're cool. Yeah, we're, we're, we're we're friends. We're chill. we're chill. It's no big deal." Yeah, no, no big deal. Shit. DMC, whatever. Yeah, it's just three letters. Who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Your interruption was exactly right. Um, it's a bad foreign policy approach to dominate other people, and it's a lie. Because, like you said, he just goes and shakes also, their hands. Also, so so you're gonna you're gonna <laughs> dominate your fellow Americans, but then you're gonna be super friendly and amenable to like these fucking horrible <laughs> dictators. You're gonna treat them better than you treat. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. I, does Trump said anything about Bolsonaro in Brazil? I don't think uh, that's he, Brazil. Brazil, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He probably doesn't even know where Brazil is. Oh, I don't <laughs> I don't, he might know, but he doesn't care. Um, but yeah, yeah. I just, I just thought like, you know, and again, it's subtle. It's subtle how he says that. It, just the, But I think Jim, in the way that he just brings up China and North Korea there, I, I, I really do think to people who might be prone to racist ideas, that is a dog whistle. Yeah. That is to say that people like that who, you know, look like that, that's kind of what he's saying, are bad. And, and mm-hmm. obviously that's absolute bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I do think that, that there's some racism there and then the, yeah, the dominating thing with Trump, very weird, very weird. It, yeah. O- almost homoerotic. <laughs> yeah. In, in a way it is. In some ways. He, yeah, he, oh yeah. He dominates those other guys. Oh boy. Let me tell you, I've seen some fucking videos where he just fucking dominates that guy. God, you wouldn't even believe it. He puts it right in there. What, 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 what was that, Pat? <laughs> huh, Pat? Huh, Pat? Yeah. He like gets excited. Yeah, thanks, Pat. It was great joining you. Yeah, it just <laughs> it's very, very weird. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I, I went off on a little, uh, you know, a little bit there. But uh, <laughs> you got all into it there. <laughs> well, I'm not into it. I just, I just hate him so much. Yeah. Uh, so, a fifth penultimate clip again. Pen, penultimate comes up a lot in barbershop. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I deserve that. So, fifth clip. Uh, now, Pat starts to talk about um, the the vice presidential debate. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, he can't remember, uh, Kamala Harris's name, which oh is my very God. funny. Um, and then he says some ridiculous things about Michael, um, pencil. pencil. Yeah. <laughs> Um, our former governor, the vice president, will be up uh, going counterpoint against um, uh, uh, his uh, Democrat uh, opponent. And it's going to be interesting. It won't be it'll be nothing like the one that we just saw. Um, I mean, it's gonna be, you know, Kamala and and Mike Pence. This debate is going to be nothing like that. But when it comes to being right and and holding stances <laughs> and putting it out there i don't know anybody that will stand by their sword as strongly or as as uh, infinitely tuned in as mike pence your last thought the fuck does that mean as infinitely tuned in standing by his sword i don't i don't understand what that means does that that I certainly doesn't know. sound like it means that he's going to give us like an eloquent explanation of things that we want to know no 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 <laughs> he'll just stomp his little foot and have a tantrum probably jenna i have nothing else to say that's exactly right that's exactly like i didn't write that but that is basically what i wrote that's like, exactly exactly yeah like even if his opponent comes with like this really well structured argument no he's, he's just, just gonna, gonna cross his arms and go no Mm-mm. yeah it, it, yeah Cool. 
That's a great trait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. awesome. Yeah, oh, isn't that great, Jim? Isn't that great, Jim? <laughs> Your thoughts, Jim. Tell us how great that is. Yeah, it's just, it's just like, oh, yeah, oh, we have a stubborn baby. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's wonderful. Who can't even make a coherent counter argument. We have a small child who believes in nonsense and is racist and, and you bigoted know what? towards and you don't people ask him who to. are different than him. And um, he is steadfast in his terrible opinions and <laughs> he refuses to, um, you know, engage with anything, any anybody or anything that might disagree with him in any way. And right. um, that's really awesome. And yeah. I love him for it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just it's just so stupid. It's it's stupid. <sighs> It's stupid. Find like, a better idol, like, honestly. Right. And like, you know, I'm going to go on a, on a little tangent here that, you know, I didn't prepare anything for this. But like, I think about Bernie Sanders. Obviously, I supported Bernie Sanders. I, th- I think we've talked about this on the podcast. If yeah. you've seen my car, you know that I supported Bernie Sanders. I have a number of mm-hmm. bumper stickers or whatever. But like, I didn't think Bernie Sanders was perfect. Mm-hmm. And I still don't. I still think that there's some things that that he does that I don't I don't totally agree with. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I forget what it was. One of the votes that he, he missed there. Mm-hmm. He missed a vote there where he was absent and didn't vote. Um, I thought that was ridiculous. Like, fuck you a little bit. Yeah. You know? I'm not, I'm not going to go and talk about anybody, any politician like this. There's mm-hmm. not a single politician anywhere that I would talk about no, like this. Because they're a politician. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like at and the end of the day, it's weird. Guy, even if they're a great guy. Like I, I think about, uh, you know, friend of the podcast. I think I can say that. Uh, Carlos Mercano. Mm-hmm. I would still push him in, in ways. Mm-hmm. Why I like people like Bernie and Carlos is because they're receptive to that. Mm-hmm. They want that pushback because it guides their future actions. Right. In, in education, we talk about formative assessments. Formative assessments are things that are not graded. They're something that teachers use to guide future instruction mm-hmm. constituents constituents should be formative to politicians mm-hmm. the reaction of constituents should be a formative feedback to politicians yeah and that's you know why we like people who who do take that in that way mm-hmm. that who do take it formatively um and, and bernie sanders is one of them mm-hmm. but um you know th- these people they'll just blindly follow anybody yeah, and it's weird because it's, it's wild. You should be asking for more of these people, like asking Constantly. them to to be be better than me, do better than I do. But instead, it's like, no, no, no. You can regress all you want. That's fine. Well, I don't even care. I'm just going to support you. Yeah, because you like, agree wh- with me on one thing, or you did at one point. Yeah, shouldn't you be holding them to a higher standard? It's 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 somewhat un- incomprehensible. Again, from people like him. Mm-hmm. Everyday Joe Schmoes, I don't expect the same level of engagement and knowledge. I mm-hmm. wish that everybody was super engaged with politics, but mm-hmm. that's just not the world that we live in. And, 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 you know, the current state of America, it doesn't allow for it. Yeah. So I can't expect that and I won't. Yeah. But people like him, whose job it is to talk about these things, I, I do. And, you know, mm-hmm. fuck you for being so disingenuous. Yeah. So um, this last clip is uh, Jim Banks. Um, it, it's his response to this, this, um, you know, question about, oh, what are your thoughts about the VP debate? Pence's, you know, he sticks with his guns. He holds his sword or whatever, yeah, whatever okay. he said, some weird shit. So let, let's listen to what Banks had to say in response. Okay. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I'm so proud of Mike Pence and all that he does and represents. And, and the vice presidential debate is going to be very important. Maybe, maybe this time more important than ever because of the, st- uh, the stakes and, and uh, the potential of a vice president taking over for a president in the years to come. So it'll be a great debate. I'm looking forward to it very much. I have no doubt Mike Pence will win. 
He has no doubt that Mike Pence will win. He disagrees blindly because um, he's an idiot mm-hmm. and he doesn't really care about any of this shit. Yeah. Um, because now that, the, you know, the interview, it, it's off the topic of of massaging the balls of, of the people who <laughs> donate money to his right. campaign. So he doesn't care and he'll just agree and get the fuck out of there. Yeah. And that's basically the end of the interview. Just so disappointing. And and this is our representative. This is our representative, guys. This is our representative. Yeah. Not the best. Any final thoughts on that, Jenna? Just, I don't, it, it, it's <laughs> just, disappointment. Disa- yes, I was going to yeah. say, I'm just very, very disappointed. Yeah. All right. So let us end this episode with some positive news. How does that sound, Jenna? Sounds great. So this is an article from Wayne.com and, and I'll read like the first line and then I'm going to interrupt with something else okay. But um, about the article and then I'll continue. Okay. So, um, Tyler Marin, a Fort Wayne-based USA men's goalball athlete, recently won the prestigious Holman Prize for Blind Ambition. Do you know anything about goalball? I have no I've never You've heard, never of heard that. about it? No, never yeah. in my life. Yeah, so goalball is something that is is um I've heard about specifically from like just knowing about Fort Wayne. I, mm-hmm. I think it's um, you know, I, I don't know the extent to which it's popular around the country or the world, but mm-hmm. I know that it, it exists here in Fort Wayne and it's it's actually really awesome. So mm-hmm. I'll just read from Wikipedia here because, you know, who cares? Uh, I don't want to, I shouldn't say that. Not that who cares. I'm just saying this is a, a sport that people know about. So I don't feel like I need to go like find some deep source about the rules or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I can read you a general description from Wikipedia and I think that's fine. So okay. that's what I'm saying. I do care about this though because I think it's a really great opportunity for people. So from Wikipedia, goalball is a team sport sport designed specifically for athletes with a vision impairment. Participants compete in teams of three and try to throw a ball um, that has bells embedded into it into the opponent's goal. The ball is thrown by hand and never kicked using um, using ear-hand coordination, so not eye-hand coordination, mm-hmm. ear-hand coordination, um, originating as a, a rehabilitation exercise. The sport has no able-bodied equivalent, so there's not, you know, mm-hmm. there's nothing like this. Yeah. Um, where people who are able-bodied, able-bodied athletes are also blindfolded when playing this sport. So one of the, I think, awesome and really inclusive things about this um, is that, you know, people with vision impairments welcome people who are able-bodied and don't have vision impairments yeah. to play and wear a blindfold. You said Blind <laughs> Ambition Award, and I, I kind of thought, hmm, I yeah, wonder if well, that has yeah. something to do with it. So. Yeah, because yeah, just saying it kind of out of context, you, you don't know exactly yeah, what that but means. Like, oh, but yeah, no, special. it is about yeah. blindness um, yeah. or, or vision impairments. Um, and I, I just think this is so cool. I, I hope maybe someday we can get Tyler Marin on the podcast That'd and, be and talk cool. to him about, about this because I, I think it's really neat. Um, played indoors, usually on a volleyball court, games consist of 12-minute halves, uh, and they, they used to be 10-minute, but now they're 12 minutes. Longer game. Sure. Don't know why. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> fine with me. Uh, teams alternate throwing or rolling the ball from one end of the playing area to the other, and players remain in the area of their own goal in both defense and attack. So it's kind of like dodgeball. You can't go over yeah. the line kind of thing. Uh, players must use the sound of the ball to judge the position and movement of said ball. Eye shades, uh, they allow partially sighted players to complete on equal footing with blind players. So mm-hmm. so if you have somebody who is fully blind yeah. uh, and somebody who might just be vision impaired and not and yeah. partially blind, they can wear an, an eye shade and, and continue to play. Um, and eye patches may be worn under the eye shades to ensure that complete coverage of the eye um, and, and prevent yeah, no any cheating. vision. Yeah, should, should um, you know, yeah. That's wild. Or, I mean, you know, prevent fair play or whatever. 
isn't that cool though? That is really cool. I I can't believe I've never heard of that. Yeah, really neat. I would I would really find it interesting to try to play. I think I would be terrible, but it sounds oh, fun. Oh my god, I would suck. Yeah. I, I I'd be picked last for the next ten years. Yeah, same. <laughs> I, I it, but it would be a really interesting experience. Um, and, and this is a really cool thing that this you know Tyler Marin you got recognized with this award. So I'll continue uh, reading back from the article here. So a San Francisco-based organization called uh, the Lighthouse for the Blind and Visually Impaired awards three individuals each year with twenty-five thousand dollars to put toward their goals. Uh, I ne- quote, I never got into anything thinking, no, there is no way. But this was a really big deal, Marin said. A big deal is right. Now with his $25,000 winnings, Marin is continuing the development of his audio-based fitness app that features decri- uh, descriptions of equipment, nutrition, heart monitoring, and j- uh, journal capabilities. Quote, does anybody know any good apps that are uh, that are accessible to screen readers? Does anybody know of a YouTuber that does a pretty good job describing their workouts? You know, we have to hunt for ways to find fitness, Marin said. Marin grew up in a family of athletes and has always had a love for sports. But when he lost his vision... Um, when he lost his vision uh, it was when he found his passion so I uh, quote I was 13 14 or 15 years old and I really started losing a lot of vision uh, he said I, I needed to find an outlet uh, to find something I could be very competitive in uh, and that outlet was goalball a team sport designed specifically for athletes with uh, vision impairment with his brand revision training Marin's mission is to give those who are blind or visually impaired the same opportunities as everyone else quote my hope is that through this project there will be some kid out there a lot like me 13 or 14 years old confused about their vision loss maybe feeling like they are a little bit trapped this project might be kind of a beacon or a lighthouse for them Marin said oh I um, love that that's he, wonderful. He also said that uh, the app should launch any day now. I, I think this is awesome. That's super cool. And that's something that, honestly, even if you weren't vision impaired, you could still use it. Yeah, you totally could. And this is a you know, sport that you could go watch and, and enjoy. Um, yeah. And it sounds like, you know, they welcome you to come play it. Um, this is awesome. This is the kind of stuff that, I, you know, I want to see from from our community here and, and the full state of Indiana. It's inclusive. It's thoughtful. It's kind. And it's caring. Um and it's just awesome. And, and it comes straight for, from somebody who, who um, you know, has this vision impairment. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just great. It's great on every level. And I, I thought it was awesome. And I wanted to include that. I think that is, it's just so cool. Yeah. I, I hope someday we can get him on and, and talk about this app that he's saying, maybe after it's, you know, launched and, and yeah. we could kind of discuss it. And, uh, and that's, that's a great thing about podcasts too, is, is that, they're a great medium for somebody who might be visually impaired. It's, it's, you know, it's just audio. <laughs> That's true. So, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, I, I just thought that was great. Um, and, and that's all we have to do for well, today. So thank you for sharing that. I really, I liked, I liked it. Yeah. About that. Yeah. No problem. And, and thank you all for listening. Um, yeah, thanks guys. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys like guys what, and gals or whatever, guys and gals or whatever, My it, podcast uh, pals, podcast pals. If you guys like what we do and you want to help us out, you can do so in a number of ways. You can tell a friend about the show. You can leave a rating and review on, you know, Apple podcasts or wherever you find this podcast. You can go to our website and click the donate button on the upper right, or you can check out our merch. Um, our website, Jenna, what, what is our website? Our website is whosyourdaddypod.com. That's correct. And, and we also have an email if you guys want to get in touch with us. What is that? Whosyourdaddypod at gmail.com. That's right. And also- I got it this time. That's <laughs> hell yeah, you did. And we also have a Twitter and that is at Hoosier Tweety. You can follow us there as well. All right, Jenna. 
let's get into the trivia question. All right. So since it is October, the best month of the entire year, um, I'm <laughs> going to hit you with some spooky trivia. Okay. So there is, um, it's rumored that the Wells Street Bridge, so Wells if Street you Bridge, live in Fort Wayne. Recently um, renovated Wells Street Bridge. Yes. You probably know this bridge. Um, so the Wells Street Bridge is rumored to be haunted by a ghost, but it's not just any ghost. Mm. It is uh, of a specific, not going to say, but I, what well, I need to know. So it's, it's not haunted by the ghost of a person, but the ghost of a what? And I'm going to leave that. That's my question to oh, you. Oh, okay. So it's not a person. It's another entity. Yes. Um, it would have to be the ghost of a train. Who's your daddy? A lot of people do an awful lot of thinking about a place called home, sweet home. A lot of people do an awful lot of talking about a place called home, sweet home. Poems are being poemed about, songs are being songed about, the place everybody loves the best. And I'm no different from the rest. I love my home, sweet home. I've done a lot of dreaming about the day when I'll be going back to my home, sweet home. I'm gonna pack a bag and hop a train. And then for home, sweet home, I'm gonna set out. Cause I've got the blues. I've got the blues that just won't get out. I've gotta get back home. I've gotta get back home. Back home again. And it seems that I can see the gleaming candlelight Still shining bright through the sycamores for me The new mown hay sends all its fragrance through the fields I used to roam And when I dream about the moonlight on the Wabash Then I long for my Indiana home Back home again, home back in Indiana Oh, it seems that I can see See the gleaming candlelight Still shining bright in Indiana It's the middle west, but we love it The moon shines the best above it We love it All the new moon hay sends fragrance Through the fields I used to roam And when I dream about the moonlight on the Wabash River Then I long for my Indiana home In Indiana, in Indiana, my home 